and welcome to the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. Uh, my name is Dan, and if I knew Norwegian, I would be introing the show in Norwegian, but I don't, so I'm not. <laughs> With me, as it's always, the... though, to speak Norwegian is Sarah. How are you, Sarah? It's the penultimate Norwegian race of the year, because Worlds <laughs> is in Norway, no. Yes. Ladies Tour of Norway. Oh my god, it had drama, didn't it? Um, yeah, like, it had, like, I'm just, like, it, oh, drama doesn't really do it justice for me. Like, this is, this is like, this is like seeing a, a Shakespearean tragedy for, like, not the first time for yourself, but, like, the first time in history <laughs> where you don't know the ending, and you get to it and it's like, fuck me, everyone's dead? Are you fucking kidding me? I fucking paid money for this shit. I had to drink on the floor with all the other peasants. Fucking everyone died. What the? Where the fuck is Shakespeare? Like, I'm. That's my basic reaction to what happened. So, um, I have feelings. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I love Norway. I I was surprised at the drama that happened, but the, I mean, that's the other drama that happened. I wasn't surprised at all because Clue. It was very good racing. Mm, mm. Oh, of course. And look, honestly, the bit that the bit that made me angry had nothing to do with the racing itself or even the race. Like it's, we'll, we'll get to it when you, yeah. Look, hey, look, something for us all to look forward we to. We are Yay. going to, we're going to tell you about the ladies of Norway. We're going to tell you about some retirements from different parts of the world of cycling. We're going to tell you what Ira Slappendale's up about up up to at the moment because that's just bizarre. And yeah, we're gonna um, we're gonna and, talk polemica because that's yeah. what we do best. Talk shit and possibly swear a little bit. Um, it's Friday night here, and that does mean that I'm recording with whiskey. So brace yourself, Ooh. I guess. What kind of whiskey? I mean, uh, I know you like drink that American stuff, don't you? No, like a no, Jim Beam. Fucking wash your mouth out with the filthiest soap you can find. Like fucking soap with toe hair in it. I would eat bars of that with your fucking toenails in it before I drink fucking Jim fucking Beam. I, oh my I always God. think that I couldn't do that to him oh. anymore. And it makes me oh. happy that I can still do it. It's oh. like being married, isn't it? All these years later, darling, I can still really annoy you. So tonight's podcast is brought to you with love by Lafroig. So, yeah. Um. <laughs> So, um, yeah, Norway, Tour of Norway, first year, it's the Women's World Tour, four mm. stages, first stage is a prologue, 3.4 kilometre, and oh god, there's so many good prologue riders, and so many exciting prologue riders, but wearing her stripes, um, her, her her European ITT champion stripes, won by Ellen van Dyke, one second, they round up and up and down to Mariana Voss, Katrin Garfoot and Lisa Klein, who's just been having an amazing year. We saw her, we've been seeing her do some really good racing for her teammates, and I like seeing her doing well for herself. With like a whole ton of riders in four seconds four seconds back, Megan Guarnier, Juliette Labou, who's a first year pro, Mika Kruger, and then yeah, various, various other riders. Awesome. Yeah. Um and oh, stage one. You know, a joyful prologue was had by all. And then we get on to stage one. Um, which was the 100-kilometer stage um, round Halden, basically. Um, Oh, so pretty. Technically, Halden to Meisen, I think, but then, yeah, but 
Uh, anyway, um, Halden's the Halden's the hometown. Halden, yeah. Halden's the hometown of this race, and basically, the race is run by the Muberg family of Amelia Muberg fame, a Norwegian rider uh, from high tech, and or Amelia Muberg's club and Amelia Muberg's family, and they're just they're just lovely. And and yeah. Halden is is on the edge of a fjord that's got some industrial stuff on it, but it's still beautiful and just mm. fjord like. Can I say some fun things about this race? Yeah, yeah, of course. So, in the past, they finished this race with a um, with a with a cruise, and and this year they started the race with a cruise instead. So you cruise out from Halden under the br- oh, to the to the bridge. You've got Norway on one side and Sweden on the other side of this fjord, and you go under this bridge, which is where they actually start the sta- a stage later on in the race. Um, not the they most start, they start a stage on the bridge, not under it, but yes. Yeah, the on the, yeah, but you get but you go under it in the to, in the in, in, the, the, in boat. the cruise. Yeah. Um, uh, you get uh, the most aggressive rider, the most competitive rider in each stage gets a um, half a salmon. Well, I feel I feel like a whole salmon would be better, but I mean, I guess they're pretty big salmon, gigantic. so yeah, they're pretty big yeah. salmons. They get like they get like a big a big lump yeah. of salmon, which, which is just you know I which well, no but you know I love collecting bad yeah, prizes. I know like weird prizes, but it, when you think about it, that is actually like a genius thing to like like win an early stage and you are set to protein load for the rest of the race. <laughs> yeah, but what do you do with it? You Where got, do you leave the salmon while you're you've racing? Got huge chunks of salmon just right there. Like uh, uh, shove it down your in your back jersey pocket, you'd be fine. <laughs> That's disgusting. Everyone knows how everyone knows how the Scandinavians are with their preserved fish. It's it's totally fine. Yeah, but I don't I don't think you can prefer I mean I know that there's salt in sweat, but I don't think that sticking it in your back jersey pocket um, is going to preserve. I'm the pretty fish. sure I'm pretty sure it's the Finns who like bury shark in the beach to ferment it or some shit. Like it's yeah, it's fine. It's fine. So basically what you're saying is, like, you can compact it down into energy bars. I guarantee you that in a few years' time, there'll be, like, an Ali's Bar salmon special or something like that, for sure. Made by Rafa. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, great merchandising ideas already. Tell me, I feel quite ill, so tell me what happened in the race. Uh, well, okay, so um, the first stage, 100 kilometres, um, Halden to Meisen. Uh, there were are a couple of categorised climbs in the first part of the race. Um, as you might expect, the peloton was therefore pretty um, assertive in policing uh, the escapes, any escapes. Um, so no one really got away. In the second half of the race, um, it, it got a little bit more punchy, but basically we wound up in a bunch sprint. There was a long final straightaway with a gradual descent to the line, and Yolene Dora got to the front and pushed hard and started getting some room around 50 metres from the line with Gracie Elvin for Orica hot on her wheels, but Yolene crossed in first, Gracie second, Christine Majerus for Bowles Dolmans in third, um, Elisa Balsamo for Valka PBM fourth, and Mariana Voss WM3 in fifth. Thereabouts, uh, we had Chloe Hosking, Kirsten Beald, Katerina uh, Neodoma, Emily Moberg, and Georgia Bronzini rounding out six to ten. So, bunch sprint. Yes. Bunch sprint. Uh, Mariana Voss picked up some sprint immediate bonuses and went into the leading the GC. 
Yes, indeed. Uh, oh, no, now, actually, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. No, she didn't. She was second on GC on that stage. Um, that stage, only Dawes oh, second went on the stage. Actually, put her in the leaders' jersey for that stage. So, um, Ella right. Van Dyke so, in changing, third. changing. Yes, on to stage two. Stage two. Where's the polemica in stage two, Dan? Fucking uh, about five kilometers from the finish, give or take. <laughs> so we basically end up, you know, just imagine the usual attacks, blah blah blah. We've got a brake that's 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 charging, um, that's that's yeah. charging away, and they've got about they haven't got that many seconds, have they? It wasn't but a at five k to, to go, they had you know, like let's say thirteen ish, you know, fifteen seconds, somewhere in that vicinity, like like not a huge gap, but enough at five k to go that it is possible um, that they could have held on. Um, you know, it's 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 hard to predict because odds are on a straight organised chase they probably would have been caught, but a slightly disorganised chase or mixed up team signals or whatever, you know, this break did have a, a genuine shot at it. And yeah, there were four riders out and about five kilometres from the finish, there's a bridge. Um, yeah, and it's and not a normal a... bridge, is it? It's a it's a it's a it's a um, bridge over a waterway. Yeah, that, with that, a little tiny tiny sailboat that needs to be closed so that the bridge can be raised so that the personal yacht of somebody can go through. And that's where that's where I lose my shit. Like that's the bit that really pisses me off is where. And I'm not blaming the race organisers because I, I have no idea what the rules are in in that situation. But for God's sake, surely that yacht can wait ten minutes. Like, I yeah. I would understand if it's like a commercial shipping lane where, you know, you've got massive container ships coming in and out of port and millions of dollars on the line in, in delivery fees or whatever. But when it's when it's literally pleasure craft, like it's a, a single mast yacht, it's not like that's not a fisher boat. It's not a like that boat exists for no reason other than for someone to have a good time. And they could have had a perfectly acceptable good time spinning circles, waiting for the bridge to be raised as they watched a really cool bike race go past, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, I live in a city which is a water city, and um, we have giant road bridges, uh, big, big arterial road, major, major, mm. pu- major regional transport roads that are on swing bridges, and and part of you know the city centres on swing bridges, and you know, I've got right. to say that if that was in Bristol, the same thing probably would have happened. Because, okay, you know, well, maybe boats have, maybe that boats is... have outs- outside of. But yeah, but well, the thing that maybe, was maybe the that's, thing that sucked maybe that is was... my naivety. But then, if that's the case, I'm willing to accept that. But then, my secondary point is that, um, in my opinion, the commissaires should not have allowed the race to be neutralised and start, you know, with the the peloton um, and the brake together once the the bridge was back in place. Now, like, yeah, now I feel like they should have reinserted the, the brake. There was an article about this on Ella Cycling Tips saying that basically that's the UCI rules is that if the brake is under a certain amount um, of time, when there's a, uh, a, a you know a bridge or a level crossing, then they, they just start them together. So it was the, it counts as a race incident. But yeah. as Anna Murray wrote, wrote in on Ella Cycling Tips, the issue is you probably shouldn't have these kind of bridges so close to the finish. Like her, yeah. her her point is that 
you know, but you should just not put them yeah, in. Like, you should like... you should put them in. You should should run your 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 finish in a way that it's not going to happen with no level crossings. No, yeah, you know. exactly. I mean, like if you have to if you have to cross that bridge, then reverse the stage and do it in the first five kilometers rather than the last five. You know, like if you absolutely yeah, so... like there's no other way across or whatever. Like that's a really really good point. And this is this is my frustration is that like okay, so those are the rules, but there there are so many ways that this could have been organized slightly differently or handled slightly differently that would have actually allowed a, a proper i'm air quoting a little bit because obviously a proper result was had but like a a result that i feel was more fair and in keeping with the races it had been up to that point um as it was we got a bunch sprint and and a set of results from it which you know yay but i just yeah i I don't know maybe it's maybe it's my you know aussie love of the underdog thing too where i just always hoped the break was going to make it and sort of naively believe that they were but I think the thing is, is we have had so one of the things that makes racing, recycling so exciting are these breaks mm. where they may not hold on. And I, yeah. I think there's a, there's an, a, the addition of Elsie Jacobs two years ago, where every single, where, where they had in both of the road races, you know, one step, you know, they just, the, the breaks won by like preposterously small amounts, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's, that's the thing is you've always got to. Yeah, like it was. It was I, I saw some, some they... guys, especially about people. Yeah, where the break got there in like with like less than fifty meters, like like they were so close to court it wasn't funny, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's and that's something that I love, and I think there and are some is, dudes kind of going, oh well, they they would never have been caught, and I think actually, but you don't, you can't tell no, you can't, in oh, women's bike racing because you just need, and we're going to talk about that right, in the final the stage point. about. Sorry, I was just going to say you're so right because that's that's the whole point of you know it's edge of the seat because you don't know like they might get caught and they might but they might not and and that's the thing that it took away isn't so much one result over the other it's the we don't know what that result would have been now and we can't know yeah and and it's also frustrating for bike riders i mean it's it's you're you're then you're then going into the far you're going into the final five kilometers which you know adrenaline filled excitement um without being uh without having you know, yeah. basically cold because you haven't. Yeah, you've, yeah, you've been, exactly. You know, you've been standing around well, by the you've, side, you've, so it's never going to be. It's never going to be the most exciting sprint. No, no for you've example, had to, you've had to stop. You've, you've had to wait for ten minutes or however long it is, and um, and everyone's caught up to you, and then and then worse than that, they've all lined up. You know, and and that's the thing. You, yes, and you watch the video. Everyone's at the barrier. Lost. Everyone's lined up as like as if it's the start of a BMX race, waiting for the fucking barrier to be raised again. Actually, as a completely random side note, I have to admit, and this is a little bit evil. I had a bit of a chuckle um, on the video when they um, pulled up at the barrier and the leading police motorbike. He goes to get off and he forgot to put his foot stand down and dropped his motorbike, which, you know, made me laugh. <laughs> Just, you're I, a bad man. I, I'm not saying I've never said I'm a good person. I'm just saying it made me laugh. That's all. <laughs> so, so um, yeah, and I so, so just, I mean, I guess when it's World Tour, I, I think that's the thing is like yeah. on the one hand they can't they can't help it, but on the other hand, absolutely yes they can. So um, the lucky the lucky winner of this stage yeah. was Chloe Hosking against Mariana Voss, um, Ellen Van Dyke, Yoni Dora, Lotte Lapisto, Roxanne Fournier, um, basically taking uh, Ellen Van Dyke and Mariana Voss and Yoni Dora into a into a, um, a 
a, a battle, a fight, a ferocious fight on the last stage of the ladies' tour of Norway. Voss wearing the uh, wearing the yellow jersey, but you know anything, anything can happen. So and you know, and Van Dyke both twelve seconds behind Voss, so it certainly makes that stage very contestable. And then hot on their heels, Megan Guarnier at seventeen and Kat Garfoot at nineteen. So your top five are not split by much. No, and it's all full of sprint immediates as well, which mm-hmm. are you know some of my favourite, my fa- probably my favourite word to say. So final stage, super long, 150, um, 150k, uh, 156k from Sveinsen to Halden. Uh, massive amounts of attacking, people trying to get there, no one really getting away in the first half, and then a group of three, David Tuzleiter, uh, Lizen Hawkins, uh, who's Australian, and Ingrid Moe from Norway, kind of attacked and got get like this gap uh, with uh, Rachel Nalen joining, joining yeah. in, but you know, that was minutes. not the race, yeah. but that was not the race was it the race was behind and the race was behind with these massive amounts of attacks and really exciting things I was really happy to see Linda Billumson go for one of her old school defo glory moves because I miss I miss Linda Billumson I mean I completely understand that she's uh focusing she's on t- on ITT yeah yeah and doesn't really want to race that much but I I just you know every no, time there's like a Linda move I so... agree with you though because I I take these moves I take that as actually a um a positive sign um of her before heading into worlds like to me that reads as you know because she rides her season differently now that's reads to me as Linda you know testing herself against the the rest of the field and just you know getting yeah. the feelings back and the sensations in the legs as they say you know yeah, and they break. So you've got this break being caught, and you've got bonkersness happening behind, and just craziness. It's, and it's it's well worth watching. All of this was on the UCI YouTube, so you can go to yep. UCI YouTube and watch the end of this race because it's really, really super fun to watch. It's just attacking. It's aggressive. It's everything we love about women's cycling. So drama, 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 drama. Um, coming into the final corner, you've got this group of like Marianne Voss, Ellen Van Dyke, Megan Guarnier. Uh, Gracie Elvin all kind of charging and and Ellen Van Dyke absolutely wants to win this stage and she is going for it big time and they 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 come to this corner and you've got uh Van Dyke leading Guarnier uh Guarnier and and Voss uh kind of on her wheel and behind her uh, behind them Gracie Elvin just makes this tiny tiny stutter loses the wheel and it's yeah. down to these three riders yeah really tough and and van dyke is doing this glorious van dykeableness she's like 500 <laughs> meters out when she's she's just she's when she when she started and surprisingly but not surprisingly megan guarnier not just keeping on her wheel manages to overtake her and win the stage yeah which i i like like i get what you're saying like to me yeah surprising not quite surprising but surprising and i think i think you know i think possibly even surprising guanya herself because her comments after the stage were you know i wouldn't say i completely rule myself out as a sprinter but i'm definitely not a bunch sprinter that kind of hectic is not something i look forward to so yeah Yeah. and she's got this quote where she was saying um she was saying uh in the post-race uh highlights on the uci channel oh yeah i um finishing with the finishing with coming to the finish with a bunch of sprinters was not where i want to be yeah yeah exactly like 
Wow. Oh, so... it was, I mean, it was glorious. It was a really, it was a really exciting finish. And, and just, you know, oh God, I love, I love watching Ellen Van Dyke and Mariana Voss ride together when they're riding in Worlds and um, yeah. Euros and stuff like that. But I love watching them race against each other as well. You know, they've yeah. been, they're the same generation of cyclists. You know, they've been racing against each other all their, you know, all their cycling life as long as, as long as they, as long as uh, Ellen's been racing, she's been racing Mariana Voss. Yeah, and it's a little yeah. bit gutting for Ellen because had she been born, you know, a year earlier or a year later, she would have been the best cyclist of her of her year by far yeah, but you yeah. know she's got she's got that unfortunate um unfortunate Mariana Voss problem but you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's um it's tough but you know, I guess it, it had to happen to somebody so yeah, yeah. so on the final and... GC we had um we had Voss taking it out Megan Guarnier um with her stage win pushing herself into second 13 seconds behind um Ellen Van Dyke on third at the same time uh Kat Garfoot in fourth at 26 seconds lisa klein in fifth at 26 seconds then we had and best chloe... young rider i think yeah chloe hosking christine measures a lot of the pistol juliette labu and alexis ryan to round out the top 10 so yeah that was that was the ladies tour of norway this year um yeah, yeah. and um mariana voss marialica mariana voss back but, you know, I know we've said this a couple of times this year. Oh, Mariana Voss is back. And then she's had terrible accidents and things like yeah, that. So, yeah, so you know, maybe I'm kind of holding my breath, holding yeah. my breath for Mariana. But, I mean, when you look at her season, she had that awful, awful spring where, where she just wasn't feeling it. Like, her best result in spring was seventh in Glenta. And and we were wondering, is she going for, is she, you know, this was after she'd come back for a glorious cyclocross season. But obviously, but had that, you know, bad, bad, bad luck where she dropped her chain when she was leading solo and lost to Sana Kant in the yeah. most exciting cyclocross race and then you know when you look at her results and seventh in Drenta is her best result of the spring that must have been devastating but she came and then she came back for that period in May where she won a couple of small races uh Martin Wijnand's uh Dorpenomli Alberg and then won quick against um Ellen van Dijk again in that race and saying came second behind her own teammate in the first stage of the over energy women's tour and then broke her shoulder yes oh god damn it and then she came back you know she was back like god i think even less than six weeks later maybe five weeks later she won the benet ladies tour which is a small race fourth in the ride london which she was disappointed about won the european championships second in vigorda which she was gutted about too but in a mariana way yeah and which you know, which is like that's bike racing. She was a really good rival, but damn it, I wanted to win in the nicest possible way. And then winning Norway. Now, is this going to be a good luck Norway excitement? God, I don't even know what I'm well, saying. Well, is this yeah, going I mean, to be? Look, there's a lot of compare, a lot of lot of elements that can be compared between Dutch style racing and Norwegian style racing. Um, by which I mean they both use bikes. And so there's a really good chance that Mariana <laughs> could be... could rain a lot. It could be perfect for her. So, um, yeah, uh, it, it certainly... It does, you know, jokes aside, timing-wise, it definitely puts the question in mind that, you know, Voss has got to be a, a really serious contender for Worlds. Um, yeah. You know, like... Worlds is in, in about a month. The thing for me is that, like, over the last couple of weeks, she's shown that she's not just... You know, she's not just back in general. She's not just back, you know, having won a, a smaller race. Like, 
you know, and I know the the Ladies Tour of Norway isn't the biggest race on the calendar, but it is a World Tour race, and it is a really good um, and and hard fought race, and with top competition there, all doing the same thing, trying to get in in peak form for Worlds. So I do Did you think, think she's it's a, soon. I I don't Did think she's peaked too soon. soon I think I think it's showing that she's back on track. That's what it that's what it looks like to me. And so if I'm if I'm a competitor to Mariana, I'm definitely factoring her and the rest of the Dutch team. I mean, we talk about this every year at Worlds and every four years at the Olympics. Like you fucking the Dutch team just what? <laughs> like you yeah. you have to you have to you know, form unholy alliances to take on the Dutch team. You just have to. So it's going to be really interesting because I think, I think more than ever, the Dutch have really got some cards to play in terms of um, the psychological side of things as well. Like there's, there's so much that they can do. Oh, now. yeah. The so, only thing, as always, the only thing that can, you know, the thing that could stop the Dutch is them not riding as a, is, is them not riding as a, as a, as a, as a squad. Because, yeah, which... you know, you've got so many Dutch, Dutch riders who could win worlds. And, and also them just get it freaking themselves out. Yeah, because, possible, wow, strong. Possible, but counterpoint, technically speaking, the Dutch team could probably ride as three, maybe four different teams and still have three or four of the strongest teams in the race. So... Yeah, but... In- but imagine, but imagine if you take a rider, if you have a rider who's on, if, if for example, Guanier is on form and she ha- has been having some unfortunate form issues in the biggest races. Yeah. But if you have, if you have someone like Guanier or what? Sorry, sorry. it's just, I, I can't help but giggle. You literally just tried to use the US as your sample team of of the team that will put it to the Dutch team and make them crack apart no, and not ride no, as a team. Like... No, 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 you're not listening. <laughs> it's, it's... What I'm saying is that a single rider, an individual rider, if they're not riding if they're not riding as a squad together, an individual rider like Newadoma, like Lizzie Danan, like you know, riders who are basic who are effect, who are effectively individuals out there, could 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 take advantage if they're not if they're not do if they're not being on if they're not racing if they're not oh, racing right. as well as, Sorry. as yeah, together no, as okay. they could. I accept. I misunderstood your premise. I thought you were trying to. I thought you were about to try and tell me that the US as a team had a chance to upset the Dutch team because they were more cohesive as a unit, and I was about to be flabbergasted. Like proper. I'm actually quite insulted that you think I'd say that. <laughs> anyway. um... Well, that's payback for Jim fucking Bean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so right what have we got next Um, we've got Plue tomorrow tomorrow I feel like I'm very boring when I talk about Plue because all I do is just rhapsodise about this race it has got the ugliest good climb in cycling (laughs) like Timorek Timorek is so ugly it's just hilarious like it's just it's just this big ugly tarmac road going up this hill that doesn't even look like a hill it's one of those roads where when you're watching it on tv you're like why are they why are they 
why are they just why are they struggling because it doesn't look like you know it's not got like houses that are built you know like when you see the houses in um in in uh Turingen, yeah. and the houses are that you know on what they've got like this stretch of houses where they've got a, like a little window in half of it and not in the <laughs> other because the slope is so steep or you've got those beautiful steep mountain sides in france and italy when uh in other parts of france i should say in italy where you know it's you can just tell how tall it is by the rocks and the it's nothing like that it's basically this 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 god-awful ugly climb but oh my god it's difficult and oh i mean i shouldn't like this race because like half of it takes place in part of a circuit that's in this gorgeous gorgeous forest that means there's literally no updates at all because there's no mobile phone signal you know at all but it's just oh god there are so many so many plue moments um 2010 the one i talk about all the time where emma pooley was in a group with mariana voss judith Arn, and emma johansson and pooley had been uh sandbagging every time they went over the climb oh uh-huh. no i'm not feeling it i'm not feeling it and they get to the final climb and mariana voss looks mm. over her left shoulder her left shoulder and just as she does pooley dives up the right and gets away oh and then you've got 2011 where um Annemiek, where Mariana Voss was uh, domestiquing for Annemiek van Vleuten and van Vleuten's out in a group with riders like Evelyn Stevens and Voss decides that she doesn't like the look of that group she's in like this group like a stuck's back she just hits the descent like proper like chin way over the front of the handlebars rides like an absolute lunatic to catch onto this front group sits on the front to catch so they can catch the escape artists with no one apart from occasionally Annemiek van Vleuten doing any work at all yeah and then puts it as the perfect springboard for Van Vleuten to go and win. And yeah. that was stunning. Uh, Lizzie Danen's won it solo beautifully. Last year, after tons of attacks and change, there are about 20 elite riders come to the finish. And Eugenia Bujak of BTC City Ljubljana, like definitely a dark horse rider, definitely nowhere near a favourite. But she started her sprint way too early because what the fuck? She's not going to win a sprint against these riders. Takes everyone by surprise yeah. and wins. Mm. The best, best, best uh, result of any BTC City Ljubljana rider, and of course of her career, the first Polish woman to to win a World Tour race. Just that's what. There are so many different. Like I, I say this about Drenta and Vagorda and Binder and Plue, but these races which have been won. Every so way from a solo ways. rider yeah. to a small group to a large group bunch sprinting basically. And yeah, it's 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 just and it's live. Yeah. So um you can watch it on uh on, on France three T V if you're in France or if you have a VPN. There will be streams. Um yeah, it's just oh, I love it. I love it. I love this race. It's going to be a great race. And yeah, as you point out, um, we've got this great block of live racing, you know, from Vigorda to the Ladies Tour of Norway that we've just had. Pluway now, World's coming up. Like, you know, it's a great time to be watching and seeing who's in form and what's going on. Speaking of which, so we've had the Ladies Tour of Norway and we've got the, the start list now. Who are you looking at for Pluway? I literally can never ever predict Plouet. Like I'm not even going to try because it's that's what's so beautiful All right, well, about let me, it. Let me change the question a little bit then, and and uh, take it from a prediction. Like so, not a prediction then, but who who are you interested in seeing how they'll go? Like who are you keeping your I eye on? I want to see. I want to see a rider who 
hasn't won a world tour race i'd like to see a rider from a team who hasn't won a world tour races yeah i mean obviously i'd love to see voss win again because you know i think voss has had i'd love to see neodoma win it actually mm. i'd love to see um i'd love to see someone like elena cicchini or or someone like lisa klein you know one of these riders who God, anyone, anyone. Like, the thing is, is there's a thousand riders I want to see. Cecilia Utrecht-Nudwig, you know? Like, yep. like, just, there's tons of them. Like, tons and tons that I'd just love to see do, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no, yeah. there's, I, there's not one rider that I want to win it. Well, um, and, I'd, I'd quite I like, think, I, I think Ellen Van Dyke. I'd love Ellen Van Dyke to win it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't I think, think she for will, me, I think it's... No, but I, I think for, for me a big part of it is exactly what you were describing in terms of historically there have been so many ways that the race has been attacked and 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 pulled apart and won it does make it almost impossible to predict who who will win because you don't know how it's going to be raced this time you know so until you know yeah. that you don't even really know who's in the mix and and because of it it makes it really wide open which also means that there's a trillion reasons to watch and watch closely and you know i think there is a lot of i mean it's always an exciting race um there's there's a lot of um you know history and beauty to it and whatever it's also that great time of year where we we are starting to turn our thoughts to worlds and and who's in form and and who's getting there and all of that sort of stuff so i'm quite excited about it i i actually, yeah yeah actually no no lucinda brand and no ellen van dyke which is interesting yeah okay. i i I'd, I'd definitely want elisa longo borghini to win another world yeah. tour race um yeah. uh but oh elena cicchini elena cicchini i love always uh yeah it, i mean it's not got there are some big names missing there's no van vloten for example mm. there's no marina voss actually so yeah so she can't win or um or no uh cassian uadoma well that's really that's narrowing a... that is narrowing your options isn't it so yeah yeah. Ooh. 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 Although, um, that said, I'm only seeing five riders on the start list for WM3 at the moment, so they should yeah. theoretically have someone well, up their sleeve. And then, now, normally, for years, Plue was the end of the World Cup. Yep. And then they added the Madrid Challenge, the sprint, the mm. crit light race. Yes. And now they've added the Bowles Rental Ladies Tour next week as well. Now, I'm going to be in the Bowles Rentals Ladies Tour because I'm doing their social media. Um, it's it's hilly. Uh, it's got hilly. It's it's in hilly Netherlands. Uh, it yep. starts off with a prologue that's um, 4.3 kilometres. Well, when I say hilly, it's like hilly it's, for the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's, it's... Dutch hills. So, you know... Dutch hills. Um, not, and, not, not, imagine, not... Imagine like a, a bunch of... Um, kids with like a few a few planks of wood and a stack of bricks and it's it's yeah. it's a hill it's a homemade hill so stage stage two stage two does have some hills stage three doesn't have some it doesn't have any hills stage four um is 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 fun is 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 fun is fun looking it's, oh god cause it's so beautiful sights parts mm. of the country but yeah it's pillier than it doesn't have that kind of massive um you know valkenberg uh you know glory that we're that we're kind of that we're kind of used to but the final stage is super hilly for the netherlands like you know there's there's hills of like um 
God, 60, 60 meters, so, man. Some, some of them, some of them almost go half a century meters into. The... <laughs> but it's gonna. Yeah. It's like, so it's like have... you got to fish for ways to try and make it sound big. No, no, Sarah, it's going to be interesting know... because usually, usually the Bowls Rentals Ladies Tour is has, is like you know five stages of flat, and then they go over Valkenberg. Look, so I've it heard, seems I've heard it's much more that... exciting. I've heard rumours that one of the hills touches on 6,000 centimetres. So. <laughs> <laughs> then we have a week with three races on at the same time. Yep. The Lotto Decatur in Belgium, which is reliably flat. The Tour de l'Ardèche in France, which is reliably hilly. And the Giro Toscana. Actually, four of uh, Giro Toscana, which is... Uh, we just wish never... I mean, yeah, that's the race where they don't bother you know, giving... Reliably controversial, covered. yeah. Hmm. Reliably controversial race. Yeah. Um, now, so Bowles, so Bowles Ladies Tour finishes on the 3rd of September. Lotto, yep. De- Lotto Decker runs 5th to the 8th. Mm-hmm. And then Ardesh runs 10th, 5th to the 10th. Toscana runs 8th to the 10th. And then the Madrid Challenge, the last round of the World Tour, is on the 10th. So, yeah. yeah. And I wonder... With world with world starting on the seventeenth, yeah. whether we'll see that many riders on the tenth. The other race that's on the tenth, shit, four races on the tenth of September yeah. is the Krona Champenois, yeah, which I... is an ITT. Which is, so I reckon we're going to have you're going to have your ITT riders hitting up Krona Champenois just because yep. you know let's get one more ITT in before Worlds. But yeah, don't expect the Madrid Challenge to have the biggest field in the world. No, because... definitely not. I think you're absolutely right. I think after Bowles Rentals um, Tour is is completed, we're going to see a steep drop-off in number of riders turning up at races. Yeah. Um, at least for full races in terms of stages yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, it, it's it's a busy little block of the season, and it is going to be really interesting seeing what happens over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Outside of road, there's been some kind of sad things happening. I'm really if you're a British, if you're into British cycling, there's some really sad things going on because two really top riders and two young riders have retired um, in the last couple of weeks. So sprint star Becky James, just superstar, former sprint and Kieran world champion, has retired at the age of 25. She um, obviously had this had that awful thing a couple of years ago where she had um cancer basically mm. and then when she was coming back from her cancer treatment she well it was kind of precancerous cells but you know basically that line between cancer and precancer and then she had tons of injuries and she kind of came back but she decided she's going to she's going to retire and that's really you know yeah and got her because i really like her she's such a she's a really nice person and but she apparently wants to make she likes baking. She wants to turn that into a business. Okay. Well, hey, more power to her. Like, yeah, I mean, one adventure onto the next and starting your own business is, is no less fraught um, or challenging than being a professional woman cyclist. So, you know, um, it's it's yeah. definitely our loss, but, you know, um, wish her all the best in, in her delicious endeavours. Yeah. Um, over in downhill mountain bike, uh, Manon Carpenter, who's just such a mm. superstar, um, such a superstar of, of racing, she's she's quitting um, downhill. Um, oh wow! 
Okay. And it's and it's and it's really sad. And she's got this really interesting statement where she she started university this year, where she's going part time. But she's saying she's stepping back from the upper echelon. And she said, the reasons have been there for a while. Over the races this year, I've been finding it harder to face up to dis- difficult situations, high consequence sections, or changing conditions. Mm-hmm. And during National Champs Weekend, I came to the conclusion that I just didn't want to take the risks involved with racing at 100 percent anymore. Uh, downhill is gnarly and you have to have the confidence to commit to whatever puts in front of you whereas i've become more aware of the consequences of crashing and as much as i've tried to put this out of my head it stopped me from enjoying racing as i'd like to yeah yeah <sighs> i'm i i mean uh, she, she says everyone's helped her but she's like she's saying that her head's just not in it she can't race on the world cup and she's like and she's you know but she's just yeah I mean, I, it's interesting because you have like BMX, for example, the the stars are very, very, very young. And, you know, having a rider who's in their 30s is just like, oh, my God, wow, they're so old. Like literally looking at the at the Olympics, most of the riders were just born in the 90s. Yeah. And, and, and I guess it's because you do get more, you know, you are, you, you, you feel, you feel invulnerable when you're younger, right? It's. Yeah, so I'm, yeah, I mean, that's, I'm that's how I remember it. Yeah. So two amazing, <laughs> two amazing riders going. Yeah. Wow. And you know, I love them and I thank them for everything they've given us, and you know, I wish them yeah. wish them all the best, well, all speaking... the best in the future, and I hope. Yeah. Sorry. You hope. I just, I just hope they have. I hope they really enjoy what they do next. You know, mm. and I hope they know that they were loved. Absolutely. I love that. And definitely they were loved. And yeah, and, you know, credit to them for leaving on their terms and when they've got plans for what they're doing next. I think that's. Oh, that's God. Great. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Speaking I mean, of. I think, I think Manon. Oh, sorry. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. No, sorry. No, no, just you think Manon. I think Manon says that. She says that, yeah. you know, she wants to. Um, she, you know, she, she's glad that she's, you know, that she she's made it without having too much of a terrible injury. <laughs> Look, honestly, in downhill, that's so, yeah. actually that's a huge achievement. Like, that's not a small thing at all in downhill. Oh, um, it's cycling at all. I mean, I yeah, think it's, it's one true. of those things across all cycling that you just don't, you know, what you don't. I mean, I think of Ina Yoko Teutenberg, mm, who, mm. you know, had to retire because of that terrible concussion. You know, riders riders retire through injury all the time, and I think there is something about it's not it's luck. It's complete luck that yeah. you that you that you get to choose when you go right. But you know, mm, but like mm. I. It must. I don't know what. I don't know what's worse. It's quite hard. We don't have very good exit strategies in this sport. And, no. And pe- you know, a lot of people have talked about how you know the depression that can come with it. I mean, God, look at um, what's his face, that Australian rider who's been done for yeah. um, drugs. Yeah. Deal, you know, drug, on the yep. Olympic podium two years ago, uh, mm-hmm. getting done for drug stealing this year. You know, like like there's not. I don't think that the sport looks after people who leave it necessarily as well as it could, but. I'm glad that you know being able to being able to leave for actually this is my decision and it's a positive decision. I think that's a really good thing. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. And look, speaking of um, speaking of writers making positive decisions and and leaving to try new things and um, and weird, crazy things and and scary things and and shocking things. Ira Slappendell. <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, like, I, I like to think I've seen some uh, shit, but 
what? Oh, explain it, Dan. I don't think I can without laughing. Look, um, Iris, let, let me put it this way. All right, so Iris Slappendell, um, an incredibly valuable member of the, the Dutch um, cycling community and the world cycling community for many years, pro for 12 years, um, retired at the end of last season, um, but in no shape or form could she be said to have been taking it easy. You know, turned around, got her um, DS certification straight away, launched her own clothing brand. Um, now, at the ripe old age of 32, decides that she's going to take on um, the World Human Powered Speed Challenge. So she's she's trying to set a new land speed record for women, um, working in conjunction with the Technical University in Delft and the VU University Amsterdam um, to take on the challenge in Nevada, USA in September, um, riding a completely custom-built recumbent bike aerodynamic to fuck um, the aim is to get up over 83 kilometers an hour um, so far, and she's she's done that, topping out at 83. But to get the the record, um, they need to be going a bit faster than that. So it's going to be super interesting. But there's a the bike is also like if you're at all a technical, um, you know, a bike tech nerd, take a look at the cycling tips article. It's a fully custom, um, you know, like literally built to her dimensions, recumbent that sits about two inches off the ground, completely <laughs> enclosed. She has to wear a fucking oxygen mask to breathe because it's so enclosed, it, like there's not enough air natively in it to breathe. Um, she, she, she steers by watching two LCD screens that are mounted in front of her which she says makes it more like a computer game than road biking, which in in that case, like, scariest computer game ever. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, crashing at 80 kilometres an hour in, 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 this in that tiny, monster. In this tiny little bubble of carbon fibre. <laughs> like, fuck. It's so, the maddest thing. Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. So the challenge takes place from um, September 10 through to the 16th. Um, in in Nevada, um, yeah. So that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, good luck. Uh, Iris. Good luck, Harris. Yeah, amazing. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah, um, polemica all around. Polemica and chips. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening, chaps. Uh, I'll be in. I'll be in the Netherlands next week, so I mm. don't know whether we're going to be casting next week. But we'll. I'll, I'll come back and tell you all about it. And in the meantime, hope you have a lovely, lovely, lovely week. And watch yeah. Plue. Watch Plue. Oh my watch, God, people, watch yeah, Plue. Absolutely, watch Plue. Um, watch Bowls Rentals next week. Uh, if you'd like to let us know who you think is going to win at Plue, you can talk to Sarah at PW Cycling on Twitter. I am at Dan W Official. Or, of course, hit us up on the website. Prowomenscycling.com We rehearsed that before we started recording, honest. Honest. <laughs> we we didn't, and you can tell. But, yeah. And thanks for listening. We'll be back. Um, as Sarah says, she's away, so maybe not next week, but as soon as we can after. And um, we love you all. You look really good, and, um, and some of you taste pretty nice, too. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> As nice as your Jim Bean whiskey. You, oh my fucking.